What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Woo! We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, as always, you can hang out with us at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio, or uh, you can go to NerdThugRadio.com, and it's like the mothership. It's where this stuff happens. It's where all this stuff comes together. It's where this stuff. All this stuff. This Stuff, mm-hmm. it's where this stuff happens. Yep, it's where it's happened. This is where this stuff happens. Exactly. So, just mentally prepare that this is the place where this stuff happens on NerdThugRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, how you been, buddy? This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is Little Brother Nico. That's me. That is you. You're like a like a Arabian Mario is what you look like. Right <laughs> now. You just went. That's me. That's, it's me. Um, what's been up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. You, you doing okay? Yeah. <sighs> all right. I regret asking already. Moving on. Yep. Um, well, there's not really much to go about that. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so this has been a zany, weird Twilight Zone week in sports. Oh yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay, you ready? No, because you don't turn on your TV. So you, I kind of sometimes want to be you because you have no concept of some of the things that happen in the world. No idea. Like, a lot of times I'm the first one to tell you something that everyone else has known for three days. Yeah. And it's, it, it's it's almost more entertaining this way. It really is. I see you as, like, you're you're like my storyteller. Like, like this is an old <laughs> village, and it's like you're the one that comes from, like, far away that knows all the things. I come back from my travels and tell you things. That's right. fair. Listen, I'm okay with that analogy in so many other ways, mostly because it makes me important. Um, So... Two things that are just super bizarre Twilight Zone that we're going to do today for sure. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Astros playoffs. By the time you have heard this, Game 5 is ramping up. Um, Game 5 is happening because we made some weird decisions about Game 4. We're going to get into that. (laughs) Um, Two things that just they don't make sense. One purely sport. One... So very sporty and still very not sporty. All right. Okay, in the NFL, Richard Sherman, uh, the San Francisco 49ers beat the crap out of the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday Night Football. Hurt them real bad. Like, it wasn't even good. It was it was awful. It was a bad. It was, it was bad. It was real bad. It was real, real bad. Um... After the game, there was a lot of hurt feelings. When when Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma, he went and played Ohio State, and they upset them. He, after the game, took the uh, Oklahoma flag, and he waved it around, surrounded by his teammates, and planted it in center field of Ohio State's field. As a, as a reminder to Ohio State, you remember this beating. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they're all professionals, and Baker Mayfield plays in Ohio, oddly enough, in Cleveland. Um, and Joey Bosa was an Ohio State Buckeye. He is now a fantastic defensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. And he was in the backfield all game. He paid rent to Cleveland. That's how much he was in the... He lived in their backfield, okay? He 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 was subletting a two-bedroom with a nice view over the water. He right. was He was there all game. But after his first sack... He reminded everyone how much of a college boy he really is because he waved his imaginary flag and then planted it into the field to remind everyone that he hadn't forgotten what Baker did two years ago in college. <laughs> That's petty. That's it's real petty, but it's really funny. Isn't it, though? But it's like, it's but super again, this is it's another one of those stories. It's like super roundabout. Of course, it's sports and we'll all come back together. Okay, like. So that's not even the story. Right. That's just part of it. Okay, okay so, so so the 49ers embarrassed the Browns. All factors of the game. Defense, offense, special teams, all of it. All of it. All of it. Um, It was one of those games where you start pressing to make plays and worse things keep happening. Yeah, and, and it's and like it's like you're into the bottomless pit, and then you're all you're doomed. It's the quicksand thing again. Yeah. They can't get out of it. The harder they try, the worse it gets. By the end, there there was a punt where he's trying to return it, uh, and he's one handing it, but he's trying to make plays and trying to make plays and trying to make plays, and it gets knocked away, and the and the Forty ers pick it up. Like it just, they couldn't get out of their own way by the end of the game. Right, it was all their fault. Tripping over yourself at that point. Um, and it was just one of those things where the harder you try, the worse it gets because you're not. 
You're not being you. You're now being we got to win guy. Yeah. Now you're now you're desperate. Right. Um, after the game, though, Richard Sherman said that in the pregame at the coin toss, Baker Mayfield refused to shake hands with anybody and ran off after the coin toss. And that's some college BS. And they're in the pros now. And he hasn't done nothing in the pros, and he's nobody in the pros, and who does he think he is? And so it made me mad, and I went to the sidelines, and I told all my buddies about it, and we and we got real angry, and we, we stomped a mud hole in their butthole is the summary, the paraphrase summary of everything he said. All right. Okay? So in the morning, the daily talk shows are making their rounds, and they're all like, Wow, I bet he regrets not shaking Richard Sherman's hand now, right? <laughs> so by midday, though, people are starting to go, well, the team shake hands before the coin toss. What are they talking about? Like, what? Well, then they start showing footage where definitely Baker Mayfield and the rest of the captains of the Browns and all the captains of the 49ers all show love and dap up before the coin toss. After the coin toss, the Browns won it and elected to receive, which, by the way, it goes against my principle as a football coach. I would always defer because it's what Bill Belichick does. Genius level. He never receives. So I, if anything, if, if he doesn't receive, then I wouldn't receive. Exactly. So, uh, But anyway, the Browns elected to receive. And as soon as he says receive, they turn around and they... And Straight off. As soon as the 49ers pick their, fire, their side of the field, he just turns around and runs off because he's got, he's got to go get ready. They're, they're going to kick off and he's going to have the ball and... Two minutes. Right. So then the rest of the day, the story is about how Richard Sherman is a drama queen. Nice. So then Richard Sherman comes out. What do you think he does? Let me double down. Double you double down? Okay, because I'm gonna give you i I'm gonna give you two options here. Does he say this is ridiculous? Why is the media making this a story? Or does he say, Man, I want my double love. He needs to say hi both times. He got what he deserved. Double down. He doubled down? Double down. Blame the media. Those are the only two options every athlete does, though. Right. He, he blamed the media. Okay. This is the media's fault for making it a story. Why are they bringing this up like this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then ESPN pointed out that he's the guy who brought it up. Right. This is entirely your fault. <laughs> right. It's not our fault. Like We reported what you said after the game to us. Because you said it to us. So now it's the tail wagging the dog. He tries to get mad at the media. The media is like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you'd have kept your mouth shut, and by the way, not been wrong, then none of this would have happened in the first place. Right. So then he goes on the Pat McAfee show, and he says he should apologize to Baker Mayfield and that he plans to and he will. Oh. So, in the span of 48 to maybe 60 hours, it goes from we wanted to stomp a mud hole in him because he refused to shake our hands to I spoke incorrectly and I owe him an apology. That means you've made it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just insanity how these things happen now. Like, what was he thinking about in the first place? Did he just completely forget that, like, when they walked up, he said, hey, how you doing? Yeah, no, he, he completely forgot. And then, well, the thing is, is like he completely forgot he does owe him an apology, but like it also means he psyched up his team for absolutely nothing. But that means less to me. Like I would lie to my team if I was on a football team. No, yeah, but like, like if I was a head coach, I would read fake quotes <laughs> coming into the game <laughs> to like my worst player who's got a matchup, like the, the player with the worst matchup. Like let's say my cornerback has got to cover Odell Beckham Jr. I'm telling I'm telling Odell Beckham Jr. I'm I'm like I'm I'm gonna tell him I'm like hey man um literally yesterday OBJ was on a podcast and uh, they just asked me about this right before I walked in and they said they said that uh, OBJ is not even worried about this game he's already put two touchdowns on the board are you really gonna let him do that to you right knowing full well knowing full well I didn't say it, but knowing no one's gonna ask me about it till after the game right because media's not gonna ask about it before because media has no access to the players at that point right. So yeah, no, I'm just gonna come up to him and ask him at that point. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put. I would do it. I would do it to all of them, but I would do it individually. And then after the game, I'd pull him aside and be like, "That's a heck of a game. You did it, man. You showed him. Hey, I made that up, but good job." And then I'd <laughs> walk away. <laughs> and just walk away. Uh, yeah, I would totally. 
the hyping the players part doesn't bother me because, it, but the thing of it is, is in the pros, there's there's two types of players. There's the guys who are looking for everything. They need it, and I think Richard Sherman is one of those guys. Baker Mayfield is also, I think, one of those guys because he he's able to comment on all the criticisms that come his way. They're like, hey, how did you feel about blah, 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 and he's able to say something about it because he knows, because he's right. following it too. He's like, yeah, I noticed they said my name, and I didn't like it either. So he's ready to say something about it. Um, but that's because he hears it. He's looking for it, and he finds it. And that's Richard Sherman's the same way. But the other half of the league, um, they don't care. They're not looking for it. They don't hear it. They're professionals. Marcellus Wiley used to famously say, "I don't need anything on a, on. I don't need any bulletin board material. I don't need that. If you're not if you're not ready to play this game, if you're not pumped to play this game already, like I don't, I don't need I, you. I don't know what to tell you. Right. And and the. It's it's two completely distinct mentalities, but they both make sense to me in mm-hmm. that sense. Like, look, man, if you give me the chance to do something that potentially can make hundreds of millions of dollars for me and my family, I don't really need to read the newspaper to get ready to do this. Right. I'm going to go to work every day and kill myself for like eight years, ten years, and then I'm going to cash them checks and go home. Get the fat stacks and then retire. The second the second things are weird, or my doctor's like, hmm, or my agent's like, whoa, hmm. or my manager's like, you got an offer to be in a movie. Like, I don't need you anymore. I'm gone. But I would be super motivated already because of that opportunity. Right. Like if I got drafted in the in the second round of the NBA, and they're like, yeah, this season you're gonna make 140. Uh, but you're only guaranteed this two-year deal. That's it. So total, you're going to get three hundred grand over two years. That's it. I'm hiring a shot coach, a nutritionist, and like a workout guy. And that's I'm I'm investing the first seventy, eighty thousand dollars I make into them to to invest into me. And I am doing whatever the team wants. I'm going to the general manager on day one and saying. Listen, what do you guys want? I'm going to the coach. What do you want me to learn? Like, I know you're going to play me. If you're going to play me in honor, you're going to play me like three minutes a game. What do I need to be doing? Do I need to be rebounding? Do you want me to do you want me to set picks? Like, what do you want me to do? Right. What do you need me to do so I can be as efficient as possible? So if I'm only in there for three minutes, I'm giving you an awesome three minutes, and then you're like, maybe I can put him in for five, and then eh, maybe seven, and maybe by the end of those two years, I'm getting 10, 12 minutes a game, and suddenly somebody else is like, all right, well, let's sign this guy. Let's bring him, let's bring him over here. Let's get this going again. Um... I'm investing in myself for that opportunity. Right. I don't need someone to tell me before the game. Hey, man, the guy you're going up against uh, today said that you uh, said that you're a terrible husband. And okay, that's fine. You know what? I might be. I don't. I don't care. Like, right. I'm here for the money. I'm here to perform. But there are people who who need that. He said, "What? What's going on?" And then I'll destroy him. Right. But yeah, it is. I'm less concerned about the hypocrisy of the hyping and more hype your team all you want, but then don't go to the media about it, right? Because that was even messier, right? Right. Because there's one, it could be one thing if that was kept completely on the field. Yeah. Like if he just stayed within the, the boundaries of everything and just said, guys, when we left, he didn't dab me up. Let's dab him up all game. Right. Okay, fine. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, and like no one even would have questioned the big imaginary flag thing because it was it was it was a sports rivalry from a couple years ago when they were both it, in college. It just shows the internal pettiness of the athlete, right? And one of the you know how there's all these like former athletes on all the different stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them just goes, athletes have perfect memory when it comes to people who make them mad. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was, and that's the perfect way to say that is like, yeah, they, maybe they don't remember this or maybe they don't remember that. Uh, Steve Young was on PTI the other day, and they were asking about a story, and he was like, oh, I don't really remember that. This is what I remember from what was going on at that time. He said, but I don't specifically remember that. He goes, totally I, totally could have happened. I just don't remember it. Um, and, but, I, but I promise you, Steve Young remembers the name of every writer who was like, this guy is junk. What is he doing? <laughs> and that's the difference is like they find it. Everyone needs their own motivations, and they find them, and they right. internalize them. And then they turn them on when they need to. <laughs> and Joey Bosa is a great, by the way, he's from one of the only two families in the entirety of the NFL to have a father and another brother, all three drafted first round. Wow. The Bosas, can you name the other family? No. 
the Mannings. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two of them. It's weird, right? Archie. So Archie Manning was drafted by the Saints in the 80s, and they were awful. 70s, maybe. Late 70s. And then Eli and Peyton. So, so the Bosa's, their father was drafted in the first round many years ago. And then his brother uh, plays for the Chargers, and his brother's been in the league now three years, four years. Not too bad. Nope. The Watts got a lot of there's, – uh, there's other families in the NFL. The Matthews, um, famously Bruce Matthews was an oiler. He's the uncle of Clay Matthews, who is the famous linebacker, formerly of the pa- uh, the Packers. Now he's at the Rams. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple other Matthews in there, and then – think oh no, no no I'm mixing them up AJ Hawk his brother-in-law was bro- uh, was a uh, Brady Quinn AJ Hawk's sister married the quarterback for a rival college nice and so they were both in the NFL for a little bit and they were bro- you know brother-in-laws in the NFL um but yeah there's all kinds of families in the NFL which is also is weird that there's certain families that just make athletes Right. Well, I mean, genetically, they're just like... Is that? Do you think that's a big part of it? I think so. Uh, I mean, I could see that. We're living in this era now where the children of the NBA are in... The NBA with their father. They're, well, they're in the high schools now. Right. And they're starting to play. Shaq's son, uh, I think, I think is in college this year. Um, and then Kobe's daughter is on a team with... Uh, Zach Randolph's daughter, and it's like, it's like the most dominant like ninth grade women's ba- girls basketball team ever. <laughs> uh, because Zach Randolph's daughter, Zach Randolph is a huge inside power forward. Just a, he's a big boy. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, his daughter did not catch the little genes. Okay. She got all the dominant genes, and so real tall <laughs> in ninth grade, not just tall. She she is she's Amazonian. Like, it's not it's it's one thing to be the tallest person on the court, but like, there's that one guy who was seven foot and weighed like one ninety and looked like a stick spider of some kind. <laughs> she looks like a proportioned person, just like scaled up, <laughs> just scaled up exactly. So like, she's a, she's a solid foot taller than the rest of the court, uh, and she's not quite dunking height. You're talking about ninth grade. You're talking about fourteen year old girls right now, but right. she's just a larger version of all of them. And then the clip they show is like, she's got two rebounds and then she passes it out. And this one girl just shoots this perfect three. And they're like, Oh, by the way, that girl, that's Kobe Bryant's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) cool. (laughs) See these forces of nature. Yeah. (laughs) Here's their, here's their children playing together. Here's their children on these teams. And then I think there's like three or four, uh, LA-based athletes whose children are all playing. LeBron James is on a his son is on a team with like I think like Dwayne Wade's son and like two other guys. Oh man, it's like it's like the it's like the American team again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just stacked everywhere. It's just really crazy how like now we're living in that era. It's fun. All right, we're gonna jump out here because when we come back, I wanted to save some time. We're gonna we're gonna talk the crazy NBA China story that can't be stopped. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Sports, hanging out here on 104.5 and 106.1, the sister stations. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but we're streaming worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Wow. World 
wide. The world's pretty big. And we're all of it. Mm-hmm. We're or, wide or, of it. We're across. We're wide on top of it? Wide enough. Wide on top. See, it was like a pun there. It was like yeah. a, like, ooh, the little baby. Ooh, the little baby. I'm wide on top of you. Just so you. That's terrifying. Um, Nico, before we get any more terrifying, tell everybody about Cox ATA. Cox ATA, now with three convenient locations. They are the leader in ATA martial arts. Uh, now with three convenient locations, one in the Woodlands, one in Magnolia, and one in Conroe. If you can hear us, you could probably there's probably an ATA near you. Um, Cox ATA, leader in ATA martial arts, with now three convenient locations, one in the Woodlands, one in Conroe, and one in Magnolia. If you can hear us on the radio, you could, you can go to a Cox ATA. They got all sorts of programs, Taekwondo, Tai Chi, uh, programs for the little ones, the senior citizens, self-defense courses, everything you could possibly need in martial arts. They're here for you. I like it. I like it. Uh, so drop by their Facebook page, drop by their physical location, mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. Two. Count them. That's a huge amount of time to get you know get situated, get a new routine going. Is a great way you know lose some weight if you want to get things rolling. New Year's coming up. This may be you know you may be cheating a little bit and start your resolutions earlier than the New Year. Or if you still owe it from last year, right? You still got three months. You still got three months. You can three you, months. you can make just, it. Just get on there now. So uh, Cox ATA they teach life skills. They build leaders. They leave a legacy. Yeah. All right. I like it. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Nice Only took me done. fifty minutes off air to write that. That's all right. It's good. <laughs> I'm not gonna make a comment on your <laughs> ad writing skills right now. Um, yeah, because you're actually really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. No, uh, make sure you get out to Conroe. Tell them we said hi. We love those guys. Work with them on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, you you can't go wrong. They work with so many people. Do a lot of like they do a lot of the. Uh, Joey's mentioned before how they like they'll tailor things if you have a, s- yeah. a special need of some kind. They'll come up with a program that fits you. So to make sure you check them out, Cox ATA right there. Um, okay. This is the big one. I listen. There's no getting around this. There's just not. It's all over the media. It's all over the the the, the world, and it's a it's a frustrating story. Right. Okay. So I'm not a huge Daryl Morey fan. I don't know who that is. He's the general manager of the Houston Rockets. Fair enough. He's a gambler, um, and I don't always agree with some of the roster moves or contracts he's made. Blah blah blah. Um, I've got some inside information that there are people within the Rockets organization who. They're not thrilled with him generally anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little... He comes across, I think, sometimes as arrogant is probably part of his problem. Right. Uh, and he's he's flat out 100% an analytics guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't believe in the, in the old way of doing stuff. Firmly believes in the data and the numbers and all that. Um, he might have just broken the NBA, though. He tweeted something uh, a few weeks ago. That he was standing in support of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, Hong Kong is going through all the uh, riots and all that. They're having a dispute with China. And I'm not going to get into the necessary details of the dispute. Right. It's something that you're going to have to research. It's not something that we're going to be easily be able it's, to recap. It's, it's massive. And Hong Kong essentially has been considered independent. It's been run independently of China forever. Mm-hmm. And there are certain rules now that China is trying to impose upon Hong Kong that Hong Kong is bristling under. And that has led to these riots. Um, and part of these riots has been like closing down airports and doing all kinds of stuff. And like they are just and some of them have gotten violent and some of them have been peaceful. But like it's a big complicated mess and China uh, the people of China though they only get their information from one place and that's from China right. China is the media um, like you it can't state controlled media state run media and like you can't uh, I've talked to people who have traveled there for like who are like sports writers and stuff and they say you can't use Facebook and stuff over there. It's it's the access is restricted. The internet's restricted. Like they mm-hmm. control all media in China. Yeah, they control the information basically. And because of that, the people of China don't necessarily agree with the people of Hong Kong, and they consider them to be uh, rabble rousers, just trouble, just people who are being selfish. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: so Daryl Morey made a tweet that he stands with Hong Kong, and 
in the context of America, this would be a tweet in support of freedom. Right, democracy, because that's what Hong Kong uses. The problem is China and the NBA are intrinsically married in this billion-dollar entanglement that China has been steadily unraveling ever since the tweet, and they've been citing the tweet as their issue and their problem. So the Rockets have had, because of Yao Ming, they have had the most direct, friendliest relationship with China of the NBA, and it was through the Rockets and through Yao Ming that China opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Shanghai, I don't even know what their mascot is. Shanghai came and played here against the Rockets, and the Rockets killed them, obviously, but it was a preseason tune-up game, but it was a fun international exchange. Mm-hmm. The Lakers and Nets last night were scheduled to be over there playing. Um, the, the, the players were going to be doing, they were going to be opening this like NBA cares center there in China. The, the players love this relationship with China. There's a lot of involvement on all sides in this thing. There's a lot of money in it. Well, China has been canceling things left and right now. They've, they first, they severed all ties with the Rockets, uh, and Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, he went on a media blitz where he was trying to explain how Daryl Morey's personal views are not the views of the Rockets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was not enough to make it go away. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, he stood up in front of the media and he said, listen, we support Daryl Morey's ability to say stuff. However, you know, this is a complicated, weird issue, et cetera, et cetera. That made people mad on both sides because his, uh, his statement was wishy-washy. So then he came back and he tried to clarify it and it didn't get much better. Right. Because here's the thing. Every single word that comes out of the NBA's mouth on this issue is strictly in support of making them money. Correct. It's completely against the concepts of freedom of speech. The issue... That people, for Daryl Morey to tweet, you know, that he stands with Hong Kong shouldn't have been an issue anywhere else in the world. No. But China says, we don't appreciate that. We out. Right. And it's a ton of money. It's actually to the point, and it's spiraling and spreading even further and further and further. The NBA, the China was supposed to host some things. They've canceled those. They've canceled public appearances. There's a Chinese shoe company that is sponsoring several prominent NBA players, including Clay Thompson and Gordon Hayward. Those are two huge names in the NBA. They are no longer going to be extending uh, any negotiations they're currently in, and the, the status of those contracts is currently uncertain. All of this from just one tweet. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, at this point, this one tweet has undone hundreds and hundreds of millions, millions of dollars. And there's... If I'm a business, I understand what the NBA is trying to do, which is... Save minimize minimize, minimize the, the damage. damage. And, and say, listen, over here in America, people can say what they want, and we have to just learn how to disagree. Mm-hmm. However, China doesn't have to learn that. They don't have to deal with that. No. My problem with that is just how slimy it is. The whole thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I didn't I didn't like when Tillman Fertitta all of a sudden was like, the Rockets are not a political organization and we do not say well, first of all, let's clear something up. Politics and sports have happened together for a very long time. Right. This isn't anything new. You and I work diligently to do a sports show that is non political. That's harder work than just doing some of the stories that are in the news that right. are sports-related. There are sports stories where we go, we're only going to talk about this part of it because we avoid the political part of it. Politics and sports is a perpetual marriage of thing. When people are given platform and opportunity, they speak. Exactly. Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. And the reality is the NBA has been a political force in America without an issue. Right. Um, the Miami Heat wore all wore hoodies after the Trayvon Martin incident, and I don't I don't really care how people feel about that. But I, I know how I felt, and I know how the Miami Heat felt, and I know how LeBron James felt, and the NBA felt. They made that statement clear. It didn't affect their bottom line, right? Because we can disagree politically, and still 
make those moments happen. Exactly. Because we live in a country... Where disagreement is part of the civil process. Exactly. And I do think we're forgetting that as politics become more and more... Listen, the last four years have been crazy weird. Mm-hmm. Incredible. There's no getting around it. The last four years have been incredibly weird politically. And there are lots of people who now have just given up even on discussing politics in public. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres was sitting next to uh, George Bush uh, at the Dallas Cowboys game. This is another sports politics story. Look at that, how they just you just find them in bushels. Um, and people were upset with Ellen for sitting next to somebody who's opposed to gay marriage, even though she is gay married. And the statement she made on her show was essentially, listen, he's my friend. I've had him on the show before. I've met with him privately. Like, we are friends. We can disagree and still be friends. And there were lots of people mad that she said that, and there were lots of people who agree with what she said. Again, that's part of how this works here. Agreeing and disagreeing are part of the process. Right. But not China. No. It's not part of the process over there. No, it doesn't. The the People's Republic of China doesn't have to tell its people anything. Well, and they also don't have the luxury of discourse. Right. They don't have the ability to disagree right there's no there's no mechanism in place that protects a Chinese citizen from saying how they feel and maybe there should be and maybe basketball is not the way to make that happen but it was what's interesting to me is I have always said that if there is a obvious benefit of capitalism mm-hmm. it is that the, the deeper and longer the flows of cash intertwine, the harder it is to disentangle and the more likely stricter countries are to change how they feel about things slowly over time. Right. Because money... Such a big influence. Money moves the needle. It just does. There's no getting around that. Um, I hate that the WWE is in Saudi Arabia. I think it's despicable in a lot of ways. But it's also pushed... Saudi Arabia in other ways. Then um, these are sad steps to get, but it's the steps that are the start of something else. In the beginning, Saudi Arabia didn't even want the WWE women at all around. And then over time, it became, well, women can be in the stadium, but they have to sit separate from the men. That in and of itself is a huge get for the women right. of Saudi Arabia. Um and while they're still not allowing female competitors, the female competitors are competing in other parts of that world now with costume modifications and things of that nature. And They can't show flesh, but they can wear the costume or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. But it's a step further than it was before the money got there. Right. And China is kind of doing its best to try and prove that wrong. And let me say this. If... This can't be resolved in a way. Like, if the only resolution to this is that we fire Daryl Morey and then China comes back, it is capitalism and it is us who has lost. Right. Because we have then said that the money is more important than our actual rights. Rights. That is a failure on our part. Now, if... There's some sort of weird compromise, and China comes back, partly, somewhat, just over time. That, I think, is the natural snap of this, where China got mad, took all the money away, but then the people on their side were losing money, too. Right. And the people on their side, they wanted to see the NBA. But, like, right now, there are NBA players right now in, in China this week because the Lakers and the Nets were supposed to play a scheduled game that was going to be televised. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA went ahead, or as China announced, they were not going to televise any of the preseason now of the NBA. Um, but the players, when they try and take uh, selfies with the crowd and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there, are, there are people in the crowd who are covering their faces because they don't want people to know that they're there supporting the NBA. Right. This is it's a big deal in a lot of ways because of this kind of odd place that the NBA has placed itself in. Correct. And it's like do I think personally 
that it's more likely that the head of Saudi Arabia, that king, that he had the reporter murdered in the Turkish uh, in the Turkish embassy. Mm-hmm. Probably, that is probably what he did, allegedly. Did that stop the WWE at all? No. no. No, it didn't. And that's disappointing, but it also... The silver lining is that flow of commercialism comes with certain concepts. Mm-hmm. No matter how you feel about certain things, ideas are viral. They're invasive. Right. And there are certain elements, no matter how hard you try and suppress them, within the, especially within the culture of wrestling. Stone Cold Steve Austin is an anti-authoritarian. So it is incredibly bizarre that a place like the like WWE, like Saudi Arabia, would want the WWE and their biggest stars being anti-authoritarian figures. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling and performing there in the kingdom. That is odd. But it means that uh, pervasively these ideas are... are gestating they're getting in there there's no getting around it's it's the idea that like media normalizes things yes and just seeing that the prince invited them there it means that there are going to be people who walk out of that arena with the spark that didn't exist before because it's the first time they've ever seen this right that suddenly doesn't always have to be what that guy says and that guy in the ring showed me that and the same thing with basketball and the in the, you know, sports is about the tr- overcoming uh, triumph of the human spirit, effort, will. Maybe the other team's better, but maybe they can, maybe the the underdog can win if they try hard enough and if they're focused enough. Right. And suddenly, well, maybe, maybe I'm an underdog and maybe I can win if I try hard enough and I focus enough. And those spirits and those concepts and those ideas come from sports and sports entertainment. And it, <laughs> I think it's a mistake for these other places to invite us in. Yeah, because they're basically opening up the yeah. floodgates. It's it's a, it's a slow Pandora's box, right? And the idea now that China is going to put it away, I I think it I think it eventually snaps back the other way. I think. Yeah, I think even even with the uh, like even with this separation now, it could easily come back. Yeah. The other way. Yeah, because if the people of China, if the billionaires of China, if the if the ruling elite wealthy of China's uh, ruling party s- start missing their American money, start missing their American sports, here's what's also complicated about it. The owner of the Nets is the owner of the Chinese Amazon. That's not a conflict of interest. Well, he's not going anywhere. He can't. What is he, what is he supposed to do? Right. So as China disentangles and moves away, what is he going to do? Yeah, sell Chinese Amazon. Right, he he's stuck. Sell the Neds. So eventually, he's gonna drag China back because he can't he can't be here alone, and they're not gonna punish him for owning an American sports franchise. Right. So there's going to be a return to normalcy in these relations somehow, and it's just a matter of what's it gonna take on the NBA side to ride this out. But I hope it's not at the expense of the freedoms that... Yeah, I think this is a very important issue because I think you compared it to when they allegedly killed this reporter. While that was a very internal issue, this is directly an American Correct. voice. Correct. What made it so? What made the other one so messy was that it was done internationally at another nation's embassy in another in a third nation. Right. That was what made it so. Not it wasn't, and he wasn't directly related to the United States in any. Well, he actually was a U.S. citizen. Oh, was he? And his children are U.S. citizens. That was the that was the disappointing part about all of that story is that he was a uh, registered alien and his children are U.S. citizens. Okay, that changes a little bit. He had, I believe, dual citizenship. Okay. But uh, another another point from aside from that is that this is you know this is an owner of an American team right in America tweeting the Brooklyn something. Nets right well, no this is the general manager of the Rockets yeah general manager of the Rockets yeah tweeting in support of something yeah and yes he's he speaking on another nation's issue but, but you it, can have opinions of of oh, other of nations course, of because course. this is America 
Of course. So I think that the NBA bending the knee to someone and firing him would be a huge remove, mistake. Would be a huge mistake. I agree with that. I just I think it's a real interesting. It's something that you have to. They have to almost swallow their pride and just accept what's going to come to them. I think they just kind of have to ride it out for a bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Although, the other thing to take away from all this is just how bad of an idea social media is if you're a professional. Twitter has started more revolutions in the real world. Twitter and Facebook. I read a weird, I read a weird article where this, this group started as a... Well, the Arab Spring is something I learned about. Yeah, and it started out of Facebook groups. Yeah, Facebook groups, Twitter... Um, there was this article about, and I'm blanking on it, it's an African nation, uh, it's one of the more oppressive ones for women, and this woman felt uncomfortable, so she went into one of her, like, women groups, she felt uncomfortable about a dating situation she was in, she shared a photo of this man that she was dating, and she was like, can anyone verify what he's told me so far? And it turns out that he's married to three other women that are also in the group, and so it turned into a women's revolutionary group in that country, because they realize like the connectivity of fifty thousand women all being connected in the country, mm-hmm. where women aren't allowed to speak in public, right. suddenly they had a forum and they used it as part of the revolution of all that. But it started out as a women protecting each other kind of Facebook group, right? Yeah, social media is it's it's a, it's a weapon because it puts people together and it it puts ideas in people's ideas are viral, right? Ronda Rousey. <laughs> so, uh, in the lead into the new season of the WWE Divas, which comes on right after uh, one of the wrestling things that I watch, I don't. It's right after. I think it's. It's got to be the USA. So it's got to be Raw, and so it, they're talking to Ronda Rousey, and it's the dumbest way to say this, but it's the, it's super true. She was like, "My mom says my mom has a saying that you can't unthink a thought." It's like yeah. It's very true, and it's and it's the, the simplest form of that concept. You can't unthink a thought. Right, because once you've thought about it... Once you've had that thought... It's there. It's there. It's not going away. And that's why sports is so culturally changing. Right, because as soon as someone enters, you know, when, you know, with Jackie Robinson... Yeah. Think of how wild that was. Uh, interesting story. Uh, Jackie Robinson's younger brother... Mm-hmm. Uh, ran in the Munich Olympics and came in second behind Jesse Owens. Nice. And uh, died penniless as a janitor working in a public school. He shattered the world record for the 40 time, except someone else beat him in the same race. Wow, what a what a tragic... And he's the younger brother of Jackie Robinson. Yeah, okay. That's from that uh, that movie Molly's Game. It's full of interesting factoids like that about just like how sports like winning and losing matters. Right. Yeah. So Shat- anyway. Shatters the 40 record. Didn't matter. Someone did it a little bit faster than you. Shattered the world record but lost in the same race where he beat it. So someone obviously beat it by better. Uh-huh. And that person's who matters now, not you. Yeah. And then his his older brother was the first black ba- baseball player in the history of America. Right. You're oh, man. totally what a- irrelevant at that point. Man, way to get double irrelevant. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to some more Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. Sports. 
sports, 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 sports. And uh, we're streaming worldwide at ironlonestar.com. Those are all accurate statements. I don't like to lie. Uh, before we get too far into anything, let me tell you guys about uh, our friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Uh, this coming Sunday is D&D Adventurers League from 4 to 8 p.m. It's the official Dungeons & Dragons League. Only $5 to play, and if you, mark a per- if you make a purchase of at least $5 while you're in the store for the event, you play for free. Um, Wednesday, October 16th, coming up next week, is X-Men number one release party. Oh, yeah. Pizza and snacks from... Eight, and from 6 to 8 p.m., pizza and snacks. Come in costume, get entered into a drawing. Saturday, October 26th is the Halloween Comic Fest. Free comics, free candy, and a costume contest. And they are still doing the NFL Player of the Day Panini promo. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come in, buy a Panini pack of football cards. And if, you're football, if you open it there and you have a Player of the Day or one of the wild cards, you win a promo pack and you're entered into a drawing. Every two weeks they draw a winner. Then they draw a grand prize winner. The grand prize winner gets a Lamar Miller signed card. And then you're entered in a national contest as well. Whoa. Winners, winners, chicken dinner winners. Whoa. Yeah. So go out there to the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. We're there all the time. This uh, Friday we're hanging out doing a HeroClix event. It's going to be a good time. Had by most, many, and few, and all. Um, Adventures begin. Comics, games, and more. Check them out. Okay. So real quick... Uh, today is game five. Decisive, important, vital, needs to happen. Gotta win it. The reason we're in it is we made a poor choice coming into game four. They put Justin Verlander out there on three days rest. Pitchers typically rest five days. We decided... Three was enough. Here's the thing. We made game four a must win, and it wasn't. And then when we didn't win it, if we did not put in Verlander, we would have him for this game at full health. Right. And if you want... A pitcher, full rest, ready to go. It's Justin Verlander, game five. That's what you want. Right. What we did was we panicked, and we made a really poor decision. And he wasn't, pitching wasn't the reason we lost. Uh, he, he didn't, he wasn't great. He There were three runs against him, but more importantly, we only had one earned run. Right. I mean, what, <laughs> is, what is that? What are you doing? We're not getting on base, and and that's not true. We're not we're not finishing plays. And then the play where they 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 brought Altuve home, and he got he got uh he got uh, out at out at the plate. The play was at the plate, and he didn't make it. I'm not mad at that. You send a guy on third when you need a run. That's what you do. Exactly. That's how you get runs. The ball was in the outfield when they sent him. It just it was a good play at the plate. There's just no getting around that. Um, it wouldn't be as nerve wracking a situation if we were putting Verlander on the mound. In full rest. Right, with his maximum. But we shot that load a game early. So now uh, I'm nowhere near as confident about it. Uh, but that's game five. Um, we'll see what happens. Obviously go Astros. Right. You are 2-0 and in picks. I'm doing well. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tonight the game is Giants at New England. I'll let you pick the game we pick, Okay. Okay, I was going to say, that one's... There's Giants at New England. Yeah, it's not a fun one. That's that's easy. That's too easy, yeah. Um, well, I think the Patriots are going to do pretty good. Here you go. Here's the game we should pick. Dallas at Jets Sunday afternoon. Dallas at Jets. Yeah. Because <sighs> the Jets aren't good, but Dallas has lost two in a row and shows signs of weakness. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, they lost to they lost to the Saints, who don't who didn't score a touchdown. Good point. And they also lost to uh, they, who they lose to last week. That was the really Packers. Bad. The Packers scored a lot of touchdowns. Right, they they won that game. Real they big. showed no mercy. And Dallas is at New York, so Dallas has to travel from Dallas to New York to play this game. <sighs> Traveling cross country usually doesn't help. No, especially when it's north like that. Yeah. When you go north to south, that's always really hard. Hmm. This is a good hard one to pick. This is a hard one to pick. I'm going to go Dallas despite everything I believe in. You're going Dallas to win, huh? The matchup predictor says there's a 73% chance Dallas will win. I don't think it's that high. Now, Falk is bad. Yeah. But there's a chance Sam Darnold plays. Right. The Jets are are awful, but honestly, the... The Cowboys, after their first three, these these past two games have been really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And they've both been on the road, so I don't know. So you think they're just not a road team? I mean, so far, it doesn't look like it. So you're going to take the Cowboys, but you don't like it? Yeah. 
All right. Okay. I'm I'm comfortable with the Jets on this one. Um, we'll see what happens here. But I'm yeah, comfortable like a, with the Jets. I I think the Jets, they're zero and four, and I feel like there's an opportunity in this game. I think you are the Jets. I Our fantasy league is exactly your score, and you <laughs> finally won your first game. That's right. Well, this listen. is this is the game the Jets explode. This is when they go fifty-five to four. Bro, so last week of fantasy football, I scored two hundred and some odd points. The second highest score was the team who played me, and it didn't matter because I had 200 points. Right. He had, what, 150? 150. He would have beat everyone else in the league by, like, 15 points, and yeah, he lost to me by 50. By 60. By over, yeah. So, um, yeah, my all my stuff finally happened at the same time. Right. The world exploded, and then you won one game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, when Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller look good, I'm going to win all my games. That's fair. Uh, that's but just that hasn't happened for a long time. It hasn't happened this season yet. But they finally they, they went off. Finally and they did went it. off drastically. I, I don't need that to happen every week. I just need Will Fuller to catch about six balls and score one touchdown a game, and that's like fifteen points. Plus, that means Deshaun Watson's throwing and scoring. Like it's a win-win for me in that situation. He threw three touchdowns to Will Fuller. Woo. So yeah, yeah, you were like way ahead. Yeah, well, Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller alone had something like. 50 for me, and then I had Michael Thomas and a couple other guys who just like, mom, 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 mom. like, team is gross. Yeah, it went like, gross. Yeah, when everything's going well, my team looks amazing. It just took four weeks for that to happen. <laughs> um, all right, all that being said, this is the end of another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Thank you, everybody, for listening. On behalf of little brother Nico and myself, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>